You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello and welcome back into the podcast that we like to call From the Podium, where you hear directly from your Kansas City Chiefs. I'm host and audio producer of the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network, Stephen Serta. On Thursday, we heard from the Kansas City Chiefs yet again as they continue their preparation for Sunday's AFC Championship game against the Cincinnati Bengals. We heard from head coach Andy Reid, offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnolo, as well as defensive tackle Chris Jones, cornerback Legarius Sneed, and special teams coordinator Dave Tope. We'll go in that order, starting with Andy Reid, followed by Eric Bieniemy, then Steve Spagnolo. Then we'll take a quick timeout. When we get back, you'll hear from Chris Jones, Legarius Sneed, and Dave Tope. Here's Andy Reid. Uh, Tyron, he, he practiced today, and. Um... And did a nice, did a nice job. He, he's not out of the protocol. He's got a um, test after the practice. That's a, that was the next step. So, um, but he was out there doing everything and did a nice job. So, um, uh, other than that, I mean, we're here. Go ahead and fire away. I mean, this is we have to do this every day. So, you guys take it and run. Let's go first to Herbie T.O.P. Go to Herbie. Coach, you know you like seeing us every day, right? Yeah. I just run out of things to say. It's all the same. <laughs> on on um, Wednesday, you expressed optimism for Matthews, uh, or excuse me, that he would be back on the field. How are you feeling today after you saw him out there working? Yeah, I thought, listen, Herbie, I thought he did a nice job. He, he moved around well. Um, uh, he, he was fine today. So he's just got to go through the, the rest of the protocol here and, and finish that up and make sure he's okay well, You know, he's, as he goes through it. <clears throat> Next to Adam Teicher. Go down. Andy, just uh, checking whether he was um, full or, or um, li- uh, limited in practice today. Did he, do, did he do everything he normally would have today? Uh, yes, I believe so. I mean, what I saw, he was full. Yep. Okay. <clears throat> Let's go next to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, uh, I know we've talked a lot about the kind of chemistry amongst Tyreek Hill and, and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, but uh, that chemistry has obviously grown as well with the other guys. Is it, how much of it is just ability, right, that we think of it as, as, as a chemistry and it's just that these are really talented guys? Well, they are talented, um, and they, I think they enjoy playing with each other, Seren. I mean, they're, um, they, they, they're always talking, always in between periods. They go over and work together on the side field and, and uh, just make sure their chemistry uh, stays sharp. And, um, you know, it's one thing to have it, but it's another thing to practice hard and make sure you keep it growing and, and that they're willing to do that. <clears throat> We've got a couple more hands. We'll go Ivis and then Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Ivis. We got to unmute you there. Go ahead and click the button there, Ivis. I'm sorry. Uh, good afternoon, Coach uh, from Mexico City, ESP, yeah. ESPN Deportes. Uh, talking uh, maturity-wise about Patrick Mahomes, what would, what would you think are the main things you've seen in his development on the field approach 
from that Houston game, Houston game two years ago, the Super Bowl a, week, a few weeks later, and what you saw uh, last Sunday in, 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 in the final of regulation and overtime. Yeah, I would tell you that he, he uh, just the whole grasp of uh, um, the, the way to use the offense. And there are little subtleties that you just have to experience and, and learn. And, and uh, he's done that. He's a real smart kid, and, and he wants to know all the ins and outs. And he's willing to try those things and practice. So when you get into a game, um, it's not foreign. And, uh, and he just he, – you know, you love his attitude and how he goes about, uh, about working it. We'll go last to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Sorry, wouldn't let me unmute. Um, I, I was thinking back to the Week 17 Cincinnati game. There was a, a third and five late when uh, it looked like you guys didn't have many short routes and led to a field goal try, and then obviously the third and 27 later. How valuable are instances like that where maybe Cincinnati kind of shows you a tendency breaker or something like that as you get ready for a rematch with them? Yeah, well, I'm sure they go back and they look at that and they're going to change some things up, Todd. So, <clears throat> I mean, both sides end up doing that when you play play each other as close as we have. Uh, normally you don't set, show them the same pitches. But, um, you know, I, I would tell you we could have done better putting ourselves in a better position than, than what we did right there, for sure. Coach, we appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us. Okay, thanks. All right. Good afternoon. Hope all is well with everyone. Uh, what a great opportunity to have a uh, host the uh, AFC championship game here in a row for the fourth consecutive season. On top of that, what a great game, uh, a historical game that just took place that we uh, had an opportunity to see. Shout out to the fans in the uh, in the kingdom. I thought they did a hell of a job. With that said, I'm all ears. Let's go first to James Palmer. Go ahead, James. What's up, BB? Uh, I'm curious. You know everything there is to know about running with the football. What makes your quarterback so good when he has the football in his hands and he passes the line of scrimmage and, and he runs with it? What traits does he have that, that works so well as a rusher? Well, you know what? First of all, he, he does a great job of seeing the entire picture. So he has a great feel based on coverage. If a team is playing some type of 22-man or some type of 11-bracket double, uh, if he feels that there's nothing there and he has some space available, he'll slide his hips through and just make it happen in space. The thing that I love about him is that he's utilizing the slide technique, I mean, to perfection. So he's getting what he can and sliding and getting himself down. That's the key. <laughs> Let's go next to Darren Smith. Go ahead, Darren. Hey, Brad, I will follow up if possible. Uh, speaking of running, uh, Patrick running, the the third and one play that uh, that you all had when you were up 23-21 that you decided to send Pat out to the slide and, and you lost yardage on that play, would you, is the play calling as such that you, that you won't do a quarterback sneak uh, on something like that any longer due to what happened? In, uh, in Denver a couple of years ago, and then I have a follow-up. Now, here's the thing. That was just one of those players that we designed, and obviously they got us. It was simple, Darren. They did a heck of a job defensively. We didn't execute, so we line up and we play the next play. That's all. Okay, and then, and then the, the other question is, you're coaching in your fourth straight AFC championship game with a chance to go to your third straight Super Bowl and perhaps win your second Super Bowl championship. What else do you need to do to enhance your uh, to to enhance your resume that you know saying will uh, keep you from being here next year instead of being a head coach somewhere else? 
Well, here's the thing, Darren. First of all, it's a great question, and thank you for asking that. The thing I'm, I'm focused on is this, is just making sure that we take care of today. And, and to piggyback off of that, one thing that I always talk to our guys about is just living in the moment, all right? It's the reason why we had an opportunity to win that game last week, because we lived in the moment. There wasn't a doubt that we couldn't get it done because everybody lived in that moment. So right now, Darren, to answer your question, I'm just living in the moment, okay? The only thing that we can take care of are the things that we can control. And today, I thought our guys went out there and did a heck of a job on a Thursday practice. So now we're going to take a look at film and go from there. And then we'll focus on tomorrow when that happens. But other than that, uh, I'm just glad to be a part of this organization and what we've done and what we've accomplished so far. Thanks to Sam McDowell. Go to Sam. Eric, hope you're doing well. Um, it, it seemed like, obviously, you're the guy with the headset. So for those last 13 seconds, can you give us an indication of, like, how many voices are, are coming into you in a situation like that? You know what? It's, it's not as bad as it would be throughout the course of the game. In that particular situation, we knew exactly what we wanted to do. That first particular play that we called, obviously, it was a design play. Tyreek did a heck of a job getting what he can. Trav did a heck of a job of blocking for him. And we got some plus, we got plus yardage on there. Then obviously uh, with the unique design of what took place between uh, Pat and, and, uh, and Kels, that's just chemistry in the making. And those guys saw something, they took advantage of it. And you love what you love exactly what they bring to the table. And that's the type of chemistry that you want. You know, give those guys the freedom to make plus plays and, and put us in a situation where we can win. But as far as the headsets are concerned, that was probably the calmest that it's been because you guys have to understand, we rehearse this stuff all the time. We spend an enormous amount of time doing the offseason, doing training camp. And on top of that, we spend a lot of time talking through it, whether I'm talking through it on Friday or Joe Blaymeyer is putting together his two minute videos and just basically taking us through every possible scenario that we can go through on a weekly basis. Let's go next to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Eric, um, you talked about giving uh, Pat and uh, Kelsey the freedom to um, maybe improv improvise a little bit there. What, but what's your advice for them in those situations when they do that, other than make sure it works? I think that was it. <laughs> make sure it works. And here's the thing. I, I, I'll say this. First of all, the, the, we, had a, we, had a, we felt we had a great play design for that particular situation. I know when they call a timeout, those two exchanged some words. And then Pat had mentioned something to me. And I was like, oh, OK, here we go. You know, so and, you know, the thing about it on the field, you can hear Pat yelling, do it, do it, do it. And you knew exactly what he was talking about, because the way the defense had unfolded, we knew we were going to have an opportunity to make that play. And they made it happen. You know, like I said, credit to them. Uh, I thought they did a heck of a job and it was great because it put us in position to have a chance. All right. And Bucker comes out and he's at his best when his best is needed. You know, and what a great team victory and what a a historical event to be a part of. But the thing about it, our guys do a great job of locking in into those situations. Our coaching staff, we have trained for a long period of time because Coach Reed has conditioned us, you know, most games are lost than one. It is our job when we're placing those situations to find a way to win. Take three more going right down the line, starting with Pete Sweeney. Good, Pete. 
Hey, Coach, another just question about the 13-second thing. We had asked the players about this, and McCole Hardman compared the constant rehearsals to changing a diaper and how you just kind of got to get through it. <laughs> how do you motivate these guys to want to do it? And was there kind of a, look, I told you so uh, type of moment maybe this week? Not at all. Not at all. It, but here's the thing. You know, those guys, they may say it's it's, it's like right white watching shit paint dry on uh on the walls <laughs> each and every week but the thing is you know we want them to make sure that they have a complete understanding of every situation because when you're presented with that situation how are you going to handle it okay i thought our guys did a great job of just being poised under pressure and so if you looked at us and you took a a, a complete shot what was taking place on that sideline Guys are like, listen, let's go win this game. Let's go win it. Everybody had a calm demeanor, and our guys just went out there and played at a level of, of confidence, and they got done what we needed to get done. Last two, Seren and then Herbie. Go ahead, Seren. Uh, Coach, you know, talking about the third and one play, the, the option, you guys have had a lot of success, right, on that short yardage with Blake Bell and whether it's the sneak or different things. I'm just curious, can, can you – does that an install you guys start at training camp and you build throughout, or is it something that each week, you know, you, you drop it in at that moment, right? Is there, is there a package that there's 25 plays for that and you guys have been on it since the summer, or, or is that each week you, you kind of reintroduce it? It's it's a package, but I, I will say this: we we try and put our guys in uh, in the best situations, and we try and basically strategically plan it out when we can utilize it, you know, to be at our best. Obviously, shot you know, uh, great job by Buffalo. They did they did a heck of a job of stopping the play, and obviously, you know, when it works, it's a great play. When it doesn't work, it's a boo play. So obviously, uh, credit to Buffalo. We should have did a better job, and, and we'll keep it moving. Yeah. We'll ask to Herbie T.O.P. Go ahead, Herbie. Hey, Coach. Uh, I do have a 13-second type question as well. You're an emotional kind of guy. You, you know, you wear your emotions on the sleeve, and you mentioned that you were calm, but when did you allow it to come out uh, when we realized what had happened? In the locker room. <laughs> so What did you do? Uh, we just had fun. We celebrated the 13 seconds. You know, there's a lot you can get done. I probably celebrated for 13 seconds. I don't know. But uh, the emotions came out during that time. But and the thing about it, Herbie, like I said, we we talked through this. These are the defining moments that help define a coach's staff. But on top of that, it helps to to make sure that your players are ready and not just the players, but your coaches as well. And we were calm. Our guys knew exactly exactly what we wanted to do. They knew exactly what needed to be done and they got it done. So it wasn't by chance that it happened. It's because we've rehearsed it over and over and over again. And that's why you practice. That's why you meet. Those are the things that that happens on game day because you've done that. You've been there before. And this is why I love what we do and the guys that we have in that locker room, because yes, although they may say it's like watching paint dry or changing a diaper, you know, those guys, understand all the uh, necessary scenarios that they need to have in their tool belt to help them to go be at their best when their best is needed. Hi, just coming in from a Thursday practice. It's nice and crisp out there, which is good, but great to be practicing. Great to be in this game. And with that, I'll just open it up. Let's go first to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. 
Um, Coach, I was wondering if you could kind of go through maybe what you might have been missing last game in both Tyron Matthew and Rashad Fenton and how that might help you guys play a little bit better this week. Yeah, I mean, listen, we we need all of our guys. It was um, took us a little bit by surprise, obviously, when Tyron got hurt early. We did have a package. We were going to do something a little bit different that we had to throw the thing completely out uh, that we had, especially for Buffalo. So that set us back a little bit. But then, you know, it's like we've always said, right? Somebody's got to step up, and the guys did that. We didn't play, you know, nearly the defense we wanted to um, when it was all said and done, but we navigated through it. And fortunately for us, our offense made some plays, and we're still, and we're still playing football. Thanks to Adam Teicher. Go ahead, Adam. Hey, Steve. Um, uh, Jamar Chase obviously had that big game against you the last time around. What What is it about him? What What uh, What stands out about him as, as an opposing defensive coordinator? Yeah, Adam, he, listen, certainly the talent and speed and the catch radius and all that. And I just think one of the things that's we found out, you know, firsthand is that, you know, their quarterback and that receiver really work well together. They know each other real well. Obviously, the time together at LSU makes a difference. And you can see it in the confidence in the way they play. And those two together are a dynamic duo. No, no question about it. Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Brad, I'll have a couple things. Um, Steve, obviously, you know, the, the game that Jamar had, it sort of leads to conventional wisdom that, that you give him more attention and not asking you to give away your game plan. But how much of that equation is that they've got two other receivers who can do a lot of damage as well? Well, that point you're making, Sam, is a real good one. Um, it's not like they have one weapon, you know, commit two people to it and you're, in, you're home free. Uh, all three of those guys at some, I think we said, talked about this the last time we played Cincinnati throughout the course of the season, all three of those guys have been the leading receiver for them on a given day. Um, so they're all capable of what we call wrecking the game. Um, so we've got to pay a lot of attention to all three of them and the quarterback knows where to go with the ball. I mean, he's sharp enough to know that if you're taking one of his guys away, uh, he's going to go someplace else. So we'll have to play that cat and mouse game. Uh, but there's certainly uh, as dynamic as Lamar Chase is. There's certainly some other weapons there as well. And, and then we're talking to Legarius later today. Um, obviously, he went through or still is going through something really difficult this year. Um, what's it been like with since he came back? Yeah, listen, you guys know how I feel about LJ. He's uh, near and dear to my heart, and what he went through was it was not easy. Um, and I'm sure that weighs on him now. And yet, he's out there. He's a pro. Uh, every day during the week, during the game. He's always asking for more. He always wants to know what he can do better. Uh, and we need him out there. I mean, he makes us a, a better unit when he's out there, not only at the nickel spot, but when he's outside in some of our other, other packages and he can, you know, lock down that corner. But um, he's one of the players that, I mean, we need everybody, right? But um, he's unique and special to us. Let's go next to Seren Petro. Go ahead, Seren. Brad, and I'll have a quick follow-up if I could as well. Um, it, it, you talk about the, the coverage on Jamar Chase, and I know he had a big statistical day, Coach, but there are a lot of times, I mean, I don't know how you could cover a guy better, and he just went and yeah. made a play. Even the, the one that rolls off the hand, Charvarius got his hand on it, just rolled right over his hand into Jamar Chase's hands. Like, what, what do you say? Like, it, you, you guys sit around and make jokes about that kind of thing when you're <laughs> watching it back on tape, or do you cry? Like, what, what, uh, what, how, how do you look at that, and what do you tell the guys? More tears than, than smiles, I can tell you that. But, but Seren, you bring up a really, really good point. Um, listen, they, 
they had the upper hand on that day, but I would agree with you that they were all contested and our guys were where they were supposed to be just somehow, some way we got to try to find a way to make a play. And I think all of our guys feel that way. Um, we do what we do. We are what we are. Uh, hopefully when that same situation happens in this game, we can find a way to get it knocked out or have them go throw it somewhere else. But we need to make those plays. Our guys understand that. And if we do that, certainly the outcome will be a lot better than it was last time. I know you guys got a lot of pressure on Burrow last game and he, he you know, sacked nine times in this past game and didn't make a mistake. When you look at him for a young guy to be able to stand in against the rush and, 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 and take the rush. I mean, he's taking hits, yeah. right? It's, he's not just seeing it and getting the ball out, but and to consistently do that and not make mistakes, how, how special is that? How does he rank amongst other quarterbacks? Yeah, no, he, he is special. I agree with you on that. I told you guys last time what I saw of him, um, Brady-like, and I certainly feel the same way coming out of that game. You know, I know the numbers of sacks, are, but I'll tell you what, when you watch some of those, I think that some of them are really smart, intelligent sacks, if there is such a thing. Uh, I think he's smart enough to know that you don't want to make a mistake. He's not turning the ball over. The other thing he's really, really good at, uh, at that moment where he thinks he might get sacked, he protects the football. He's got two hands on that football all the time. And he's slick enough and athletic enough to make a guy miss like he did to us twice in that game. And we had a couple of pressures off the edge. And we got to find ways if we get in those situations again to finish him off. But uh, all of our guys, myself included, have a great deal of respect for this quarterback. Time for a couple more. We'll go Nate and then Matt. Go ahead, Nate. Hey, Steve. Um, you guys have been really successful this year in rematches. Um, and perhaps your most significant rematch was obviously in the Super Bowl against the undefeated Patriots at the time. Um, that game plan was so different from the first. I just wonder, how do you teach or is there anything that you found in rematches that uh, can apply to your players or teach your players to sort of execute things differently that can give you an upper hand and what that process is like. Yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, listen, we spent, I'm sure Cincinnati did the same thing. We spent a lot of time on the film of the last game because you get to see matches and how they attacked you, how you attacked them. You try to put a couple of tweaks in there and yet you can't venture at this time of the season, you can't venture too far from who you are and what you do. Right. Uh, Because then sometimes you jumble the brains up here and the feet don't work quite as good, you know, and you slow it down. So you know, when you said that, Nate, um, I'd like to think the matchup, the second matchup with Buffalo was good, but it wasn't, it, we didn't do as well as we wanted to do last week. I hope the outcome of this one is a lot better, but we know, we know the challenge that we have. Uh, we know this offense is very productive with a lot of weapons, uh, just like the one we just got done playing. Uh, we just got to find a way to be better than we were a week ago and better than we were when we played them last time. Last to Matt McPullen. Go ahead, Matt. Good. Uh, just curious your thoughts on what Nick Bolton was able to do last week. And from a development perspective, how exciting has his growth been from a rookie to making huge plays in a big game last week? The, Nick's, Nick's special. Uh, I think all the guys that play with him and all the coaches that coach him, myself included, are real glad that we have him here. I, to, I, I think I've mentioned this before. To me, he's one of the most instinctive football players, certainly linebackers um, that I've worked with. And he's intelligent and he's into it. And, you know, I watch, I watch Hitch work with Nick throughout the season. And, I'll, and I think that's a special relationship. And I believe Nick would probably tell you this, that he's very fortunate that he's on a team that has a veteran, uh, really like Ben and like Hitch. Because when these guys come into the league early, a lot of how they do later on has to do with who they're with veteran leadership-wise 
when they first come in the league. So happy for his development. And certainly I, th I think he'd tell you that he's um, feels fortunate that he's working with the guys he's working with. You just heard from Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and Steve Spagnolo. Now we'll finish things up with Chris Jones, Legarius Sneed, and Dave Tobe. Hey, Chris. Um, just wondering whether you learned anything about playing against Joe Burrow game uh, when you guys played a few weeks ago. Um, I learned that they outplayed us. Um, came to a critical situation at the end. Um, goal line stance, a couple bad calls. Um, uh, we got It's going to be a battle. That's what I know for sure. It's going to be a battle. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. Chris, you guys have won every rematch you all have played this season. Uh, I just wonder what about Steve Spagnuolo and the rest of the coaching staff helps you guys um, to have success in the rematch and how much that may help in this sort of uh, particular game on Sunday? I think it's more so about preparation. Um, We've seen things that um, we got beat on the first game, and we able to prepare better for them and uh, correct our errors and mistakes. Let's go next to Steve Walls. Go ahead, Steve. Hey, what's up, Chris? How you going, Steve? I'm good, man. Uh, Chris, you, you're an SEC guy, man. You went to Mississippi State. Uh, I'd like to get your thoughts on crowd noise. Joe Burrow made it seem like there's not a big difference between SEC stadiums and noise and then uh, Arrowhead. You've experienced both. Is, is Arrowhead louder? Um, um, you know what? Arrowhead does have its staple in the NFL. Um, college at atmosphere is a little different also. I can definitely see where he's coming from, coming from Mississippi State and those cowbells. But um, NFL stadium, um, we definitely have the best fans, the, the best uh, stadium, hands down. I think it's the loudest stadium. I think people, the decibel, um, the decibel meter. I think people be hyping it up, putting um, speakers in their stands and everything. Arrowhead don't have to do that because their fans stay loud. Their fans stay screaming. We have dedicated fans. We have fans that's um, spend their Christmas, spend their um, Thanksgiving here at the stadium tailgating. I mean, when you when you have a group of individuals that dedicated and you know, and they put their all into it, you know, their support is heavy. So uh, I definitely would say. Um, you know, I can see where he's coming from, but Arrowhead is something special, I tell you. We'll go last to Matt McMullen. Good, Matt. Hey, Chris, uh, with that in mind, we'll do this one more time. What's your message to the crowd on Sunday? Uh, you're ready for it, huh? You know it! Let's go! Woo! I'm out. Hey, Jerry's. how you doing today? I'm great. How are you? Good, thanks. Hey, can you talk a little bit about how um, things changed? Um, when Tyron left the game early in the, in the first quarter against Buffalo, what, what, what did impact that probably had for the rest of that game? And Brad, I'll have a second question as well. Uh, I don't think it changed anything, you know, but it just next man up, you know, we believe in the guys who are behind him, you know, it was just a next man up mentality. And that's what we buy by. All right. And uh, not sure how much you um, saw of him yourself in the game against Cincinnati a few weeks ago, but, what sets uh, Jamar Chase apart? What makes him, uh, what separates him from the pack, makes him what he is? Oh, you know, he's an elite wide receiver. He got good speed. You know, he's a hell of a catcher. You know, we're going to compete with him this week. So Let's go next to Sam McDowell. Go ahead, Sam. Hey, Lajarius. What's up, man? What about uh, Not, not to, uh, to get emotional here, but obviously you went through something really tough this season, probably still going through that. Can you just explain to us uh, how you're handling all that? And Brad, I'll have a follow-up as well. 
but you know, I have mentors who have me along the way, you know, just trusting the process and taking it day by day, you know, just learning from this experience and talking to people who, who've been in my situation and they helping me along the way. Is it, it been, easy, though. yeah, I was going to say, has it been hard to play football or has it been a good distraction? I mean, how, how do you view the football? Uh, I wouldn't say it's hard to play football because I could say uh, football takes my mind off of things like that. You know, that's why I love the game of football because it takes my mind off of what's really going on in my life. Let's go next to Todd Palmer. Go ahead, Todd. Um, and Brad, I'll have a follow-up if that's all right. Um, first, Legereus, I wanted to know, when, when a guy has a game like Jamar Chase did last time, do you guys take that personally? And how do you guard against giving him too much attention when they've got, you know, T. Higgins, Boyd, you know, Uzama, and so many other weapons on, the, on that side of the ball? I mean, Chase is not the only wide receiver that they have, you know. And I could say um, from the balls that he caught was all contested balls. And Lamone wasn't the other corners that was there when, it was, when he was catching the ball, you know. We just got to get the ball out this time, and I think we're ready for it. And then uh, are you doing anything special to honor your brother that, that you'd be willing to share, um, you know, whether it's pregame or anything like that? Uh, yes, I have him name, have his name on my, on my gloves and also wear one of his undershirts that I wear. Let's go next to Nate Taylor. Go ahead, Nate. So Jerry, she mentioned people um, sort of walking your, or helping you through this. Uh, I just wonder if, from your perspective uh, what you've gained uh, that you could share for someone um, who's dealing with something similar. And Brad, I'll have a follow-up. Uh, man, I can say I, I didn't gain anything. I, I can say, you know, I'm still dealing with it. I'm still, you know, dealing with the problem, what's going on, you know. You know, I just have fellow teammates, my teammates and my coaches who's helping me along this way and, you know, just keeping me uplifted and keeping me motivated. Um, and in terms of football, Legereus, uh, you guys have done really well in rematches. Um, but I just wonder what you gain when you see a, a receiving core for the first time, when you see Chase, Boyd, Higgins, uh, and how that may be helpful uh, in everybody in the secondary sort of improving a, a second time. Did you say fear? No, no, no. Can you repeat that, please? No, I was saying when you, when you go through a rematch, what mm -hmm. do you gain when you play receivers for the second time? Um, well, you know, we learn, we learn from our mistakes that we made the first time, you know, make sure we'll make them again and see how they were attacking us and what their scheme was against us. And, you know, we better, better us, better what we got to do. Let's go next to James Palmer. Go, James. Legereus, I'm curious, throughout your time playing with Tyron, how often does he call things out before the snap, and how often is he right from what he calls uh, that Every he's snap. seeing in, in an offense? <laughs> Every snap. Every snap he warns me and tells me what's coming and what, what to expect and all of that. Yeah, every snap he does it. We've got three more. We'll go right down the line, starting with Harold. Go ahead, Harold. Legereus, you talked about the receivers, but I want to ask you about the quarterback. Obviously, Joe Burrow facing him a second time. I know in the past you've kind of discovered some traits, like when you pointed to the arm about certain players earlier. What do you kind of learn about Joe Burrow from that second game that you can take in, or first game that you take into now? Oh, man, he's a great quarterback. You know, his accuracy, he can throw, he can get the ball there. You know, even when you're in good coverage, you know, he's just a great, smart quarterback. You know, he'll take some sacks every now and then. He's not going to force the ball. And so, you know, we just – he'll check it down, so we know we have to rattle to the check downs. He's just a smart quarterback. Last two, Todd and then Jeremy. Go ahead, Todd. 
Hey, Legereus, I have a two quick questions. First up, uh, you mentioned next man up when Tyron went down, but then you also said he's calling something out on every snap. It's missing something communication-wise at all during that game. It seemed like there was a little confusion, especially on that last touchdown. No, it wasn't, it wasn't no confusion going on. We just have to get lined up. That's about it. And then on the – this is with housekeeping from that game. The touchdown right before half, it looked like you kind of ran into to Mike on that play. Can you take us mm-hmm. through that play and, and what happened there? It looked like your arm was kind of extended and hit Mike. Yeah, one side was running over with Beasley. You know, Beasley hid behind the right receiver, and he worked off my leverage. And it was a natural instinct that I did was grab Mike by his leg. You know, yeah, that's what happened. The last Jeremy Fowler. Go, Jeremy. Hey, Legarius, we, we talked to Spags earlier. He, he mentioned Joe Burrow is Brady-like. Uh, what's your reaction to some of these lofty comparisons that he's gotten early in his career? Oh, man, I, I, I agree because of his smartness. And he's not going to force anything. He's not going to put the, the office in a bad position. And, yeah, just like Coach Spags said, he was reminds me of Brady, Brady as a young quarterback, yeah. Hey, Dave, how you doing today? How you doing, Adam? Good. Hey, um, Buffalo obviously opted to kick off to you, um, kick deep to you on the uh, their last kickoff of the game, or the, the one at the end of the fourth quarter. And just wondering from you as a longtime special team, what's the downside of a squib kick in that situation? Well, the downside what? is that you got Pringle back there. The downside is, you know, if you got a good special teams unit, you could uh, – you could get ripped. You know, they could, we could have got the ball out to the 40 just as well uh, with a squib kick. And, and then it would have been basically like the first play of our offense, you know, uh, you know, cause a, a squib kick by the time you get tackled takes about four seconds. And I think the offensive play was five seconds. So it's, it's comparable, but you know, the, the chances you take, I mean, you're, 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 you're saying, Hey, do you want to stop them with your special teams? Or you want to do it with your number one defense that you have. So that's the choice you got to make, but you know, there's really no right or wrong answer to it um you know uh you know it depends on the situation who's back there what kind of returner you're you're facing those kind of things and and all those things have to be uh calculated you know it's a game by game really let's go next to herbie teope go to herbie coach uh, along those same lines adam stole my question thanks adam but along those (laughs) same lines what is the philosophy there like in those moments before the kick is done what are you telling your team to prepare them for either scenario yeah, that's good. That's a good question because, you know, if they, if they squib the kick and you, and, it, and it's a short kick, like a real short, we get our hands on it, uh, say at the 40 yard line or they, they dribble it or it's a 30 yard, you know, 30 yard kick. And we grit, we might want to just get on it, just down it and, and take no time off the clock. But if they kick it deep, you know, if they kick it back, you know, inside the five, you got to try to return it. You got to try to get it out, you know, because otherwise you, if you take a knee down there, they're getting exactly what they want. So you want to try to, try to get something going. Now we practice that like crazy. And, and um, we, we plan, I mean, we put it this way. If somebody squibs us the ball like that, we're thinking we're going to get it to the 40 at least. I mean, that's, that's really what we're thinking, maybe even more. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, you know, that came across their mind, you know, you know, what are they going to do there? And, you know, they have to, you have to try to figure it out. I mean, it's, you know, if they squib to us and we got it out, they would have said, Hey, you should have kicked it deep. So, you know, it's 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 just one of those things that it's it's always easy to second guess. Let's go next to Pete Sweeney. Go ahead, Pete. I've asked you questions related to this before, but I, I guess it was a nice reminder on Sunday just how crazy good Tyreek Hill is at, at returning. 
Um, is it almost sometimes a, like too big of an advantage to maybe not go in that direction? Just what are some the conversations evolving when to use them, maybe when not, um, you know, when it's such a big game? Well, I mean, if it's, you know, in, in a situation we're in now, it's like win or go home, you know? So, uh, you know, and, and if McColl was a little banged up too, I mean, he got a little banged up. His wrist was, was, was hurting him a little bit. So, uh, it really was an easy decision, really, you know, to put him in there. So, and then he's so dangerous that, um, you know, he just puts so much pressure on the on the punt team. And the fact that we had to kick two, I mean, we made him kick two. I mean, that was that was huge. Anytime we have a situation like that, and, and you know, if we don't get a big one on the first one, uh, we want to put him back. We want to put the punt team back out there to cover again because it's so hard to cover two kicks, you know. So you have that advantage too, and then you have Tyreek back there with the whole crowd chanting Tyreek, Tyreek, Tyreek. I mean, it's a it's a tough situation for a punt team, you know, to be in. And, um, you know, if, you know, he, we'd, we'd use him again. I mean, you know, in this situation, we we got to win this game. So we're going to we're going to put our best players on the field. We're going to get our best guys out there and every down, every down can win a game for us. And, you know, I mean, you just take a look at Green Bay. I mean, how important special teams was in that game and our game, too, as well. I mean, special teams comes up big in these uh, tight games, uh, you know, when you have to win. We'll take two more. We'll go Matt and then Sarin. Good, Matt. Hey, Coach Adam, Herbie, and Pete stole my first three questions, so you get my fourth best question. Um, that punt, <laughs> the punt, the punt that Buffalo got you down there on the one yard line. You had the the two returners out there for. Um, was that just you know, hey, Buffalo taking advantage of a good situation, or did that not work out the way you wanted it to? It didn't work out the way we wanted it to. We didn't execute the play. Uh, we had a play on, and we had a miscommunication, and uh, that's what happened on that. It was a, a total mistake by us, um, you know, on our on our end of it. Uh, we don't want them. We didn't want to allow that. If, if that kind of punt right there, we want to go up and fair catch it and take the ball. At the, I think it came down to like the fifteen. That's where we want to play offense from. Uh, that was wrong by us. But the good thing was is that uh, Tommy Townsend came in when we had the punt backed up and he was able to flip the field. He had a great punt there and, and got us out of the hole that we we put ourselves in there. Well, we'll ask to Sarin Petro. Go ahead, Sarin. Uh, Coach, we had Harrison uh, talking on uh, Monday, I think it was, and he was talking kind of the mindset of where he was at, right, with the 13 seconds and a lot of questions about how close you had to get it, right? They got it all the way to where it was 49, so he didn't have to do anything special. Sure. But he was talking about, you know, the different things he could do to kick a longer one. I'm, I'm just curious, you know, how do you have to change the blocking scheme? Because he's talking about trying to get distance. I know you didn't have to do it in this game, but just if you ever do end of half, end of game, and you're like, okay, we're going to give him a shot from 64 and see if he can do it. What what all changes? What all dynamics? Yeah, that's, change a, that's a good question. That, that's a good question because – you know, you wonder about the block and the ball is going to come out lower, you know, so is your blocking going to change? Really, your blocking doesn't change on that. Uh, you know, you can't ask your guys to, to, you know, kind of do a run blocking deal where you're going to try to try to keep them shorter, but it doesn't happen. It's just you're going to keep continue to use the same technique, try to be solid. Uh, Bucker's the one that's going to change. I mean, he, he would add like a crow hop to his uh, approach, more like a kickoff kind of approach. Uh, he would hit the ball a little bit higher on the ball. It would come out a little bit lower, but it would come out with more power. Um, you know, his normal kick, uh, he hit, he hits a high ball normally. So he, he hits the ball low, you know, when he, when he makes contact and the ball gets up in the air quick. So you don't, not worried about blocking it, but, uh, a longer kick, he's going to have to try to drive it. So you'd have to hit, hit a little bit of higher, probably change his approach a little bit more of an attacking approach. Uh, you know, and I've seen him hit, you know, he he's hit 63, 64s in practice. 
So we've seen that before. Uh, in that weather, I'm not sure he'd, he'd been able to go that far, but uh, you know, if that's all we had, if that's the only spot that the offense was able to get the ball to, we would have took a shot. I mean, he was getting ready to go there. Um, you know, if, if we only got the ball out to the 44 or whatever, you know, we would have took a shot there.